Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Welcome to the Baseball Insiders. I am Adam Weiner alongside Fanside. It's MLB Insider Robert Murray. And we have got a loaded show for you today. Appreciate you joining us. We distilled your most requested teams and are going to be going through the pitching rumors surrounding them team by team. Also going to be answering our all-star questions and plenty of comments emptying Robert's notebook. But we couldn't do that without Robert Murray himself. Robert, how are you doing, dude? I am wonderful. Life is good. The off season is definitely talks are starting to pick up. Um, I have definitely noticed that, especially in the last hour, based on conversations I've had around the league. Very exciting. It's about time uh, because let me tell you, the first month, two months of the off season were extremely boring. So I think we're in for possibly maybe starting later this week. The the stretch where the offseason really starts to pick up. So let's do this thing, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to do it Monday, 3.30 Eastern. That's right now. We're also going to do it Thursday, 3.30 Eastern. You know it's a fun season when every day I got people asking, hey, you going to do a show today? You going to do a show today? The goal is to do a show twice a week while we're uh, while the offseason is still hot and the pokers are steaming. So you can assume a show every Monday, Thursday at 3.30, but turn on your notifications on the channel if you want to be updated, if you want to be the most informed fan, uh, you could do that. Or you could join our Discord where we've got the rumor mill tier as the comment section is uh, selling for you right now. Funny man Luke saying it's the best $5 in baseball. We sure hope so. But if you aren't in the Discord, if you aren't a member, if you aren't in the rumor mill yet, go ahead and join us there. It's where Robert pitches scoops between shows and it's where I am able to sort of be a hype man between shows uh and for an additional uh couple bucks 7.99 there's an all-star tier and with that tier you get a priority question asking we're going to go to a few all-star questions later as i uh mentioned earlier you also get a monthly private call with us where you're able to ask us questions face to face if you like facetime and yeah the comments are asking will we ever see robert's hair if you want to check out the yanks go yard podcast robert dropped by about an hour ago with his hair to tell us about the yankees rumors but if you want to get informed on the Yankees rumors we're also about to cover them here spoiler alert uh today's show is also sponsored by DraftKings what's up baseball fans and baseball insiders viewers and listeners DraftKings is offering a fantastic sign up bonus for new users you can place a five dollar first bet on anything uh instantly claim 150 dollars in bonus bets you will also be rewarded with a separate no sweat single game parlay every single day when you opt in the best part is you will receive both rewards even if your first bet loses. When you join DraftKings, make sure to sign up with our code BASEBALLINSIDER. Using our code BASEBALLINSIDER, singular, not only gets you these great bonuses, it also directly supports the podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings but you haven't, make sure to use the code BASEBALLINSIDER to maximize your first bets and parlays. I will be doing that for the NFL playoffs. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. 
And Robert, like you said, things have heated up a bit today. Things have sort of heated up just before this podcast began. We already intended to talk about some of your favorite teams pitching rumors, but now we maybe have some fresh stuff to go through. Yeah, there was just um, a report from Mark Feinsand that the Giants are the front runners for Imanaga. And I like I, I can confidently say the Giants have interest there for sure. Um, I don't know about them potentially being a front runner at this point because things change in real time when it comes to this stuff, especially with um, the deadline that he has later this week in terms of him needing to make a decision. Um, but the Imanaga sweepstakes is absolutely coming down to the wire here. Uh, but he is not the only starting pitcher that the Giants have been linked to in recent rumors. Um, I know one pitcher that they absolutely do have interest in is Marcus Stroman. Um, Stroman is, is someone who's had a very interesting free agency this year so far uh, because the fact that there's been hardly any or little buzz with him there's been a lot of different things about other pitchers, but with Stroman, it's really been rather quiet. Um, but the Giants are interested in Stroman. They're casting a rather wide net in that starting pitching search. But if they're able to land, let's say, an Imanaga or a Stroman type, in addition to landing Robbie Ray, who's going to return around midseason, rather around the All-Star break, and then to get Alex Cobb back as well, and then you pair them with Logan Webb and Kyle Harrison, you're looking at a pretty good rotation there for the Giants. And that's something that they absolutely needed to address coming into the offseason because toward the end of last year, it was just a disaster. And there was no way they could end up coming back into the season with a rotation like that. And it seems like that was among their top priorities uh, this winter here. Well, it's great to get some Imanaga dope right before the show because we've been getting plenty of questions on him. And his market has been extremely cloudy, as you've mentioned uh, repeatedly. So good to see some giant smoke there. That is a good rotation that you've just laid out. We are we were talking we were planning on talking about the Giants anyway, even before that fine sand report dropped. Uh, we were also I want to lead off by talking about the Angels because I see uh, some questions in here about their connection to Imanaga. We we definitely uh, we've we've explored that a little bit. We've gone back and forth, especially in the Discord, with regarding how much we think the Angels are actually going to spend. I wonder what their current position is in the pitching market, who we should look out for, and and what you know, what Artie Moreno feels like doing today, which we know could change tomorrow. Yeah, with, uh, with with the Angels, it can change depending on how Artie Moreno feels that morning that he wakes up. He is as unpredictable as any owner in baseball, but I feel rather confident in saying this part. Any interest that you've seen regarding the Angels with Imanaga, I feel like it has been way overblown. I would not... I'll never rule anything out, but I would be I would be pretty surprised if Imanaga ended up going to the Angels. Um, one pitcher that I do think that I do know that they've had interest in is Marcus Stroman. Um, I know they've poked around on a lot of different things with that organization. They've looked at starting pitching, they've looked at relievers, they have looked at outfielders, they've looked at infielders, they've looked at everything. I am not kidding you when I say this. The Angels literally check in on everyone, and that is just part of Perry's due diligence that he does with the Angels, and we'll see what eventually happens. But um, I reported last week that one of the players that they were interested in was was Michael Taylor. And in that scenario, you would imagine he would end up going to center field with Trout moving to the corner outfield. And to me, I think that plan makes sense. 
or that idea makes sense just because it would prolong his career trouts I'm speaking and he's been battling injuries in recent years and I think that'd be a good thing for him long term it's not a definite thing that they do I want to make that incredibly clear just one of the many scenarios that they float out internally but the Angels I don't think they're going to spend big big money this offseason um I also don't think they're just going to spend little that's the thing is like I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle there and that's one thing that Artie Moreno has never done is he's never rebuilt he's always got an aggressive hand in for agency I'm curious to see exactly how he does that uh this offseason and how he navigates it with Perry as I said, though, I don't expect Imanaga to end up with the Angels, but Stroman or an outfielder or an infielder, I think that is at least possible. I hope they get the chance to prolong Michael A. Taylor's career, too, honestly. Don't don't tell him short. If they have the chance to prolong his career, that'd be nice as well to the free agent outfielder. Uh, it turns out that the teams that we really wanted to talk about here are mostly just the teams that were in the Imanaga search, to be honest. So that's the Boston Red Sox, we always get questions there. The Chicago Cubs, we always get questions there. Uh, so I wanted to single them out at the top of the show, too. Any clarity on those teams' current pursuits, uh, either of pitching or, or of other offensive talent? Obviously, the Red Sox caught a stray in the Teoscar Hernandez signing yesterday. But we got plenty of Cubs fans, plenty of Sox fans, who both had hopes for Imanaga, at least leading into this week. What are those teams up to right now? Yeah, well, besides Jed Hoyer hibernating. Um, yeah, he's kidding, I, fast asleep. Yeah, yeah eating, uh, eating meat in a cave. But yes. Yeah, that's yeah, it's exactly what he's doing, uh, as Adam first reported. No, he, well, I want to make it abundantly clear. Jed Hoyer is not hibernating. I know there's been plenty of smoke about that among Cubs fans this offseason. But he is not sleeping. He is absolutely wide awake. And it is just a case of the Cubs surveying the market and trying to figure out exactly – what makes sense for them and they don't to me they seem like a team that does not want to overspend in the offseason but i do think they're going to be a team that that could end up making a bold move and that could be a matt chapman that could be re-signing cody bellinger that could be upgrading the rotation that could be a lot of different things um but and it could even be a josh Hader type too because i think that fit there makes a lot of sense for the cubs another guy that i think makes sense for the cubs too is brent Suter. Um, I, I think that is just a, a really good fit there among other things, but Hoyer is not hibernating. He is being patient because the market prices so far have been really high. Um, and we've seen it with the market as a whole that, um, it's just been really quiet so far. And we've seen a lot of free agents stay on the market because they've not gotten a deal that they wanted, but I anticipate that probably changing later this week or maybe like early next week uh, because with arb season coming up or arbitration season coming up um, those, I think those two things are going to be having like a, an effect on one another. So, um, but as far as the Cubs, I just remain patient there. Um, and I know that's easier said than done with how impatient Cubs fans have been, but just stay the course. Um, as far as the Red Sox go, really, really, really interesting off season for them because they've, They've obviously they've done business. They've they've done stuff. They traded Chris Sale. They added to the roster, and now there's talk of them possibly trading a Kenley Jensen or a Yoshida type off the roster to clear payroll room. And then you go out and add maybe another starting pitcher, or you end up uh, trying for a couple different things. I, I think 
of the two that Jensen would probably be the most likely just because of the contract situation. If you end up looking at Yoshida's contract, I remember when that broke last year, I got, I, I don't remember getting more texts in my life from agents, from other team evaluators who were just surprised by the sheer just amount that the Red Sox gave him. And that was to a level that I think other teams are not comfortable going. And considering some of the concerns that came out of his first year with the Red Sox, I got to imagine teams would be even more hesitant to take on that contract. And if you look at Jensen, still a really good closer. Teams always want a good arm in the ninth inning. And I think that can end up being a case where some team would be really interested in that. I do wonder, this is just my speculation. I want to make that incredibly clear. But the Dodgers make a lot of sense there, don't they? I mean, they need a guy in the ninth inning. Jensen obviously knows L.A. Um, They clearly are open to adding money to the payroll because, I mean, look at how much they've spent this offseason. It makes a whole lot of sense. And, yeah, I I think of the two, Jensen is more likely to be traded than than a guy like Yoshida. You got to believe. And I know we're going to get another 3,000-word comment saying that we're underestimating the Red Sox offseason. But it just depends on what they think they're going to be next year. If you think it's another transitional year where you're going to call up prospects midway through and evaluate and see what you have and try to piece a rotation together in Craig Breslow's first year, then you do not need an aging all-star closer like Kenley Jansen making that amount of money. If you think you're going to contend this year, then you do. Then you don't take salary out of the bullpen. And then you take as, put as many talented te- players on the field as you can Go win some games. Uh, so we'll learn in the next couple weeks what the Red Sox think this is. Um, before we move on to some of your questions, and obviously we do have to talk about the Heim Bloom move to St. Louis, which we didn't know we had to talk about because we didn't know it was happening until 20 minutes ago. We're definitely going to address that. Uh, we're going to talk about potentially the Marlins rumors that were floating around last night. We're going to get to some of your questions as well, although I see some of those questions being discussed in the comments. So some of those are one and the same. But I do want to talk about the Yankees because you connected Marcus Stroman to both the Giants and Angels. Some weirdness going on between Stroman and the Yankees yesterday and today. Bob Nightingale said he reached out to the Yankees expressing interest and the Yankees declined to offer him a contract. Then Nightingale said today that there was mutual interest between the two sides, even though Stroman has ripped on the Yankees publicly for four plus years, ever since they didn't trade for him in 2019. Hal Steinbrenner expressed confidence last week. The Yankees were going to land a high end starter. Uh, There aren't many of those. There's Jordan Montgomery, Dylan Cease, Blake Snell, Corbin Burns might be available. A lot of question marks with all of those names. Most of them connected to teams that are not the Yankees. What's the situation there? And what's the situation with the Yankees and Stroman, if anything? I don't think there's anything going on there. I don't Um, think so, yeah. Yeah, because that that reporting was really strange. And, like, the report that the Yankees were interested in Stroman, like, that that part I buy, Um, especially considering how much he ended up bashing them in the past. I just I couldn't see the Yankees going down that direction. All of a sudden, there's reports today of mutual interest that that just that did not pass the smell test. And I checked, and I would be really, really, really surprised if Stroman ended up going to the Yankees. Um, I think they do like they're they can be plenty aggressive for a starting pitcher, and I think they they have been, they will be. Like Jordan Montgomery is someone that they've been connected to. I I'll, I'll own this right now. I know I said on the last podcast or one of the last podcasts that I had a really hard time seeing um, seeing Stroman or not Stroman, seeing um, Montgomery going to the Yankees. 
like they're they're interested and that's more than i said before i'll wear that i was wrong but do i think it's likely no i think a texas return makes a whole lot of sense there but i i debunked the montgomery yankees connection pretty hard and i yeah i'll wear it so um no one's perfect but i just wanted to wear that one on this podcast um but the like the yankees they're absolutely casting a, a wide net here and if you look at Montgomery, Snell, I think is unlikely. Stroman, never say never, but almost never. Um, that one's that one's pretty unlikely. Um, Luzardo is someone that they're interested in, from what I gather. Um, and I mean, there's Shane Bieber is someone that we were talking about on on the Yanks Go Yard podcast earlier today. Mm-hmm. I think that could make sense. Um, I wonder if the Yankees would try to explore an extension there if they just want him to enter the season on a one year deal. Uh, where he go to free agency after the end of the year. Who knows there? Um, but I expect the Yankees to add another starting pitcher. Um, I don't know what tier it's going to be, but just the prices so far have been really, really high. And it's to a level that a lot of teams are uncomfortable with. And I will also say this too. I, may, I made this exact same point earlier today on the Yanks Go Yard podcast is every hitter that I've taught, like hitting market that I've, that I've checked in on, it seems like they've been on the under the impression that teams are waiting for the starting pitching market and the starting pitching market, the top guys are basically represented by Scott Boris. And that is typically a chance or typically means that the market is just going to be at a standstill because Boris is about as patient as any agent as there is. And it's just a, a big waiting game at this point. So I'm curious to see what or when it eventually budges and when the other markets eventually eventually start to budge as well, but man, oh man, I've I'll even admit I've gotten impatient with it because it's just been constant like sending texts to people like what's your read on the market right now, and the constant answer has been slow until about I mean there was some whispers about it a couple weeks ago, but like today especially in the last hour definitely seems like it's it's kind of it's kind of picked up a little bit more. And by the way, I want to address this one from. Uh, cap NJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever Robert looks down during these, I, I get this little bit of excitement that we may see a mid pod news drop. I got a minor league signing for anyone who's interested. Uh, Corey Abbott, a right handed reliever, is signing with the Seattle Mariners, according to my sources. So, uh, deal is done. Um, that has not hit the Twitter machine yet, but that is indeed happening. So, there we go. There we go. Sometimes the phone is a uh, is minor league deal. Sometimes it's digging in on the market that's just not moving at all. You never know what you're going to get. Sometimes it's uh, somebody shit talking to Philadelphia Eagles, I'm sure. But usually it's uh, maneuvers. <laughs> yeah, I will say there's no Eagles slander. Well, actually, typically there's there's there should be no Eagles slander on this podcast. But my goodness, do they freaking suck. Um, they, they need to look at themselves in the mirror pretty hard because what we've seen lately is just abysmal. Um, yeah, not, not good, but people are asking about the Padres here. Um, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll address this one. They, I, I think they've explored like the, I, I know they've explored the starting pitching market. I, I think they've at least checked in on some of the top guys. I don't necessarily know if they get it done, but they've at least explored it. Um, but yeah, with AJ Preller, I've always told you expect the unexpected with him. Cause he is about as unpredictable of a GM as there is besides Jerry DePoto. Um, but I, I think 
it's something they could definitely be open to. That's that's the impression that I'm under. I mean, never counting out, AJ Preller has signed not one but two closers from foreign leagues already this offseason. Why? It's uh, a way to use money. It's interesting. Um, well, let's get to a couple of the things that I know everybody want us, uh, wants us to talk about that we haven't addressed yet. The high and bloom thing, first and foremost, I would say with the Cardinals, um, that I think has been, has been kind of long rumored as a potential fit for his next role. I think you and I just had questions about whether or not he'd jump right back into baseball or take some time to regroup. A couple questions here asking if that signals a direction for the front office. I'm not sure about that. It just feels like a logical move to bring in a smart baseball mind uh, no longer handicapped by Red Sox ownership and no longer with the decision-making pressure on his shoulders. But how do you feel about that fit in St. Louis and maybe what it dictates about Moseliak's future? Yeah, I think it's a really smart move for the Cardinals because one thing they've really tried to do this offseason and even dating back to midseason is internally evaluate how they look at pitching and how they build their starting pitching and, and how they construct it. And Bloom is he's good at it. And he's an outside voice. He's extremely respected. And I think he got a, a really raw deal with what happened in Boston because he went there thinking he was going to end up having a lot of money to spend. And in reality, ownership cut costs and, and forced him to trade Mookie bets. And that is a really difficult position and put him behind the eight ball from seemingly day one. And I think that's going to be a really good addition for that team internally for both now. And let's say that they end up moving on from Mosaic if they end up struggling after this season. They go clean house, get rid of Mosaic and part ways with Ali Marmol. Again, this is just me speculating here. Um, they would have an internal option available and they would have the first crack at hiring him. And I think that was a really smart move for that team. But they're not thinking about that right now. At least yeah. That, um at least I at least I don't think though, but I know it's that's it's not on their mind. But they they wanted to bring in another voice, a well respected voice, and I think they did really well with Heim. And yeah, that uh I, I think that's just gonna only be good things for that organization going forward. We've got Red Sox fans angry at Heim Bloom, and we get it. Uh, but we also got some Marlins fans to appease. We got a Craig Mish tweet late last night. I think I even slept through it that I do feel like is worth mentioning on the show where an angry Dolphins fan tweeted, uh, you know, there's a bunch of stuff about how invectives about how the Dolphins suck. And I've been there. I get it. I don't know why the Giants fired Wink Martindale. I'm mad too. Uh, but Craig Mish, Miami insider, sort of responded saying a good trade is coming for the Marlins down the pike. Then said nothing imminent. Please go to sleep. Uh, we've all gone to sleep. We've woken up. It's Monday afternoon. Uh, do we have any idea if that's a real thing that Marlins fans should be expecting an interesting swap or is he just sort of speaking in generality saying, Hey, we all know the Marlins are going to make big trades this off season. Stay tuned. Yeah. I, like I, I will say this with Craig Mish. He is as plugged in with that organization as, as anyone is. Yeah, so never doubt. Yeah. Never doubt the Mish, never doubt Craig Mish. Cause he is, he is very good. And um as far as the Marlins go, it's interesting because the, the way that he phrased that made it seem like it was going to be an addition that fans were going to be or a trade that fans were going to be happy with. Um, I like I've stated it on this podcast many times. I think this team, specifically the Marlins, is open to discussing anyone in trades. And that does. But well, besides Yuri Perez and, and Sandy Alcantara, anyone other than that, I think it's fair game. And it's going to place a lot. They're going to place a high price on a lot of these guys. Like uh, Jesus Lazardo, who's been highly coveted in trade talks, really high asking price there. 
and other starting pitchers that they have really high, uh, really high asking price. Like even a guy like John Birdie, they really value him internally, and they would not give him up lightly, despite getting trade interest um, at the deadline. I don't know about now, but he was getting trade interest at the deadline. That much I know. Um, but yeah, they're they're a team that's open to listening on anything and everything. Uh, Peter Bendix has made that abundantly clear to talking to other teams. Um, but I'm curious what Craig was talking about here. Cause I, I genuinely don't know. Um, but yeah, one in doubt, trust Craig Mish. Cause he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Go birdies. Um, I would just, I'd be bummed if I was a Marlins fan and Craig Mish is saying this and then it's an obviously Garcia salary dump or Taylor Rogers for Harold Ramirez or whatever. Uh, but Craig does know what he's talking about. He don't Mish. So if he's saying it, he's not lying. We just might have to stay word of the off season. Stay patient. Uh, maybe the Yankees reignite that Glaber Torres conversation from a couple of years back. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just a nice guy being nice. Um, Teoscar Hernandez goes late last night too. Definitely worth talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, don't stop. And I think the confusing thing here isn't that they got Teoscar Hernandez but it's that they got Teoscar Hernandez on a one-year deal and then were able to still defer some of that one-year deal into the future. Personally, I think we got to take a look at what deals are eligible for deferrals and which are not. You can really defer $8 million off a one-year deal. That's something you're allowed to do now. I get it, but it's a little gauche. Uh, I don't know if I would. But how did this happen? Weren't we looking at, last I heard, the Red Sox were in at two years, but Hernandez was looking three. There was even a rumor about a week ago that it was maybe everyone was in at three. He was looking for four. How do we get to one? Is it just the Shohei Otani factor? I, I think it's the Shohei Otani effect for sure. And like the hitting market this offseason has been really, really bad. And like we've seen other players end up like they're most of them are left unsigned. And I I think he viewed this as an opportunity to, to one play on a loaded roster Two, he's playing on, the, on that roster that is going to allow him a lot of different opportunities to drive in runs. Um, and like playing with Otani is extremely intriguing. And the fact he got 23 and a half million with eight and a half million deferred on a one-year deal, like that's, that's good. Um, the eight and a half million deferred. I'm curious what the present day values on that is going to end up being. Um, but I can see the total logic behind it for T. Oscar, and it's going to allow him to end up hitting the, the market again next year when hopefully the market is going to be more um, more flush with options and more teams are going to be more um, open to spending big money on hitters because the hitting clashes this year was just awful. Um, so I think it makes a lot of sense. And it kind of what Freeman ended up doing earlier in the day that he said he wanted a right-handed hitter who was good against right-handers, but mashed left-handers as well. That screamed it was Teoscar Hernandez, because I was looking up other guys, and nobody fit that belt quite like Teoscar Hernandez. That deal seemed like it was getting done at that point. I should have checked harder, kicking myself on it, but that fit makes all the sense in the world. And to my knowledge, the Dodgers are not done yet, because they still got to go out and get another starting pitcher, a shortstop. Um, They got... um, I mean, if they want to get a closer as well, they could. They can explore a lot of different things. And, and um, yeah, I'm curious to see what what they do next. And, Henry, I do not know the report you're talking about with Heyman and the closer because I read 
everything that John writes, I have not seen him write that. So um, I don't know. That is my best answer. I've seen you ask. I just want to make sure before I forget, but I, I genuinely have not seen that report. But we will keep our eyes peeled. We'll let you know if there's an update there. I think I know there's a new front runner for worst job in baseball, and it's Dodgers GM after Andrew Friedman from 2031 to 2039. Woof. I would not want to pay deferred money to all of these human beings long after their careers have ended. Uh, that'll be a tough hole for someone to dig yeah. out of. Potentially, I'm Bloom. Like, that's the thing, too, is, like, Friedman, like, when it's all said and done, he's probably not going to end up being – um, the GM at that point, or being the president of baseball operations. And it's good for the most part, it's going to have to go to someone else. It's going to be someone else's mess to deal with when all that deferred money is going to be there. So um, yeah, it's not his problem. I, I give him, he's got, uh, they've always had the ability to spend this kind of money, but this is absolutely crazy how much they've spent. Like I, we've never seen anything like this in baseball history. And I give, I give Friedman a lot of credit because he's been, kind of given some shit for not really spending uh, at least aggressively when it comes to guys like Corey Seager or Trey Turner, when it comes to free agency, but he's gone all in. And as I said, I don't think he's done. I don't think he can be. I don't blame him for watching this team get bumped out of the DS two years in a row and saying, all right, I'm going to nuke the off season. Then like what? We, we don't have a world series since 2020. I'm going to go get one. And there are no guarantees. It's it's fun to go crazy spending in baseball, but you get to the DS, you're going to be facing a good baseball team. You get to the CS, you're going to be facing a really good baseball team. Phillies are good. Braves are good. Those teams are battle-tested. Like It's going to be scary for the Dodgers, who are going to be the betting favorites all the way to the finish line, but you got to actually deliver. You got to win multiple playoff rounds, and you need a lot of people to show up from the stars to the randos. So it's not like the league is rigged now. He's just definitely putting a thumb on the scale a little bit though uh and we will see where they go from here no exactly and i'm curious to see where they go but their foot's still gonna be on the gas pedal i feel decently confident about that um but oh, sounds good. I, I yeah sorry go ahead oh sorry i was responding to, to henry here um yeah i did not see that so i'll i'll check on that if you want to join the discord or whatever i can give you an answer on that um but yeah by the way we, if you guys want to join the Discord, because I am I am telling you this right now, I I share a lot of different stuff that I'm hearing in that Discord. I answer questions literally 24-7 in it. Um, comment on the YouTube link, like an actual like YouTube stream, um, yeah. and say, like, I want to join the Discord. We will get you set up in there. We'll have our producers set it up. Um, but that is the place where I will give you information in real time. I will tell you if I'm about to drop something. Sometimes I'll even... I'll even drop it in there before I report it. Um, I like I will never, ever, ever, ever steer you wrong. Join the Discord. You will you will not regret it one bit. No, you won't. And, and like he said, comment if you're struggling to get in. Our producers will hook you up, get you in there. The Discord, uh, the real Discord is the friends you made along the way. But uh, more specifically, the Discord is full of baseball fans who love to talk about the game 24-7 and learn a little bit of insider information before it gets out to the rest of the world. And, and with that in mind, just an all-star question on the Dodgers. Uh, we've talked, we promised the Discord we'd talk Shane Bieber today and Michael A. Taylor, and we did. I want to make sure that we get to, you know, if they're still going full throttle, there was that Emmanuel Classe rumor a, a couple of weeks ago. There hasn't been much smoke there lately, but 
Michael Bush seems increasingly likely to be traded, especially with the Teoscar Hernandez signing. I don't know how much longer they can kick Bush down the line without giving him a starting job. Same with Miguel Vargas, who wasn't exactly impressive last year. Uh, I wonder if you're hearing anything about Class A moving, moving to L.A. Like, was there any validity to that, or is Cleveland just firmly in listening mode eternally? Yeah, I think Cleveland's absolutely just in listening mode internally. That's how they've always operated. Um, they're a team that is, um, I mean, we've seen it in the past where they've traded some of these starting pitchers away to um, just – before they end up having to pay them and they've ended up upgrading their minor league system. And they've always been a team that's really been good in terms of, um, um, in terms of like building talent in the pitching staff. And to me, like, to me, like, I think a Shane Bieber trade absolutely makes a ton of sense for them. Um, but I like that being said, I have heard very little buzz there whatsoever with Bieber. So I don't necessarily know what to make of that. Maybe teams have concerns coming off the injury Maybe they have concerns about the kind of decline that he's been on in recent years. Um, another one, too, with Emmanuel Classe, like he's signed to a very, very, very team-friendly deal. So they don't necessarily have to trade him at all. They can end up being a case of um, listening and seeing what's going to end up being out there. Um, and if they're blown away with an offer, then they can take it. But I will tell you this right now, in terms of, um, in terms of the, um, the Guardians, like in all the teams in Major League Baseball, they always listen on players and trade talks because it never hurts to know what's out there. Does not mean they're shopping them. Shopping and listening is a totally different thing. Um, but I think between the two, I just maybe I don't know. I don't know who's. That's a tough one. That's a really tough one because Klaus A, like he's so valuable. He's a really good reliever, really talented, signed to a team friendly deal. So the it's just going to end up being, it's, I don't think either one is likely to be traded. I, I that's, that's going to be my official stance. You have plenty of trade deadlines to deal class a as well. I don't know why you wouldn't hold on to him to see what you are in Cleveland before dealing him in the off season. When you got to admit, if class a just got traded tomorrow, you'd be like, well, that came out of nowhere. You wouldn't be like, Oh wow. The culmination of a great frenzy for class a, you'd just be like, what the hell? <laughs> why did Emmanuel class a get traded? Uh, so they can definitely eventually create competition there and bump up that value. Um, anything else you want to take out of your notebook and put on the live stream? Uh, seeing people ask about the Phillies, seeing people ask about Jorge Soler. I know that was a Red Sox target and a potential pivot after Teoscar. Anything you've got in your notebook that we have not touched on yet? Yeah, I'm going to just stick with the Jorge Soler stuff because um, it seems like everyone in here wants to address that one yeah. or wants me to address that one. So Soler is drawing interest from an abundance of different teams. And um, this is a case where he is going to um, – I mean, he, he he's just got to wait for the right offer to come. But I don't, like, I don't think any team right now has emerged as a front-runner for Soler – I think there's just so many teams that are involved here that um, it's just too early to say, like the Red Sox are involved. Um, the Diamondbacks are involved. Um, there was a few other teams that I actually, I'll look just so I can make sure I get this right. But I knew, I knew like the Mets were involved at one point, but like, I, I don't know if they're still going to be involved considering that. Well, they actually could still use a DH. So maybe that fits still there. I did hear the, um, 
Uh, the Mariners at some point were involved as well, but to my knowledge, like that's going to end up being a case where they just ended up adding a couple different outfielders. So I don't necessarily know what the fit is there anymore, but there's plenty of interest in Solaire. Um, but to me, it's too early to say that there is a favorite for Solaire. So I think that report was jumping the gun a little bit. Um, but that being said, the reported offer of two years for or two years for 28 million for Tiasca Hernandez is probably close to what I think Solaire is going to end up getting. I think maybe two for 32 could make sense. Um, or maybe like a if they want to do a one year, um, that could also make sense for a higher AAV. Um, but as again, I think it's too early for um, um, too early to say that there's a front runner. By the way, um, everyone who's who's commenting about the discord because we're getting a lot of comments here. Um, yeah. Put it like in the YouTube comments, not in the comments here, but like, how do I describe this, Adam? Like, <laughs> I am, uh, I'm actually looking on mobile right now. That's why I'm staring down. I'm not, uh, not zoning. Out. I'm trying to figure out where the join button is on the mobile app. Um, yeah, but it's we very, make sure we guys get there, get in there. Yes. It's, it's very clear on the uh, on the desktop. So right below the video, if you're watching on desktop, it'll say Baseball Insiders, list our subscribers right under the name of the video. And then you'll have a join button right next to analytics and edit video for me. But I'm a, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm an admin. So that's why I have those things. But join yeah. is directly below the video. Um, and if you're still struggling, pop into the comment section after the video goes live uh, and drop us the info that you need. Uh, if I'm actually, yeah, uh, I think the laptop is where you go because there's a lot of payment info that you have to set up as well. I, I would recommend heading to your desktop to get that done. Uh, but yes, if you've subscribed, the subscribe button should probably turn into a join button and you can join us as well at various membership levels. Uh, but again, it's our job. It's our producer's job to keep everybody posted on how to hop in there. So please comment on the video afterwards and we will send that info over to you from the production side of things. No, exactly. So anyone who wants to join, greatly appreciated. Um, Taylor, I will, um, I will be eating that Discord message probably before too long. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to put it on a cookie is what I'm thinking. So, um, and then I'll, I'll eat it because I got to wear it. It's what's what I do. If I'm ever wrong on this, or if I end up making a, a broken promise, or well, maybe not broken promise, but if I promise something, I should say, then uh, then I'll always. That'll always own it. So, and I'll, I'll eat the, I'll eat the discord message because of it. So there, there we go. So just welcome to everyone. Um, Laura, we'll, we'll try to, we'll try to figure it out for, uh, for you in the discord. Uh, just put it in the comment section after the show and we can, we can take care of you. Absolutely. Uh, we appreciate it, everybody. Uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted on uh, joining the discord. We'll actually stay live for a few more minutes uh, while I talk to the production team a little bit um seeing questions about the Mets we haven't touched on the Mets so much and maybe should because of the Sean Mania signing over the weekend which John Heyman dropped at like 4 30 a.m by the way what you did you check in with John Heyman to see like why were you why were you awake at that point like what, what are you doing with your life but congrats on the Mania scoop everybody sort of agrees that's a good move to flesh out a rotation that might be competitive in New York, but they're not going for the top tier arm so far this year. They're sort of content to eat innings the old fashioned way, and it just might work. No, absolutely. And by the way, I did. So I was text. I did text John Heyman asking him, why the heck were you up for that Shamanaya scoop? Because I am not kidding you. I woke up at three o'clock that morning um, and 
found out like i saw Hammond's tweet come through and i'm like what in the absolute heck is he doing up well also like what was i doing up at that point i, I don't really know uh, but that was not very smart by me but but that's why john is one of the best he, he's up at that hour um and he was able to get the mania scoop while everyone else was sleeping but um that was a really strong fit there for the mets i thought that was a really smart move for them um added a player that a lot of teams are really high on and throughout the entire offseason, it had become abundantly clear that he was looking for a one year with an opt out after the, after the first year and a lot of upside there. I think the Mets did well. It fortifies the rotation. And I think now their priority is going to end up being like a DH type. Uh, I know like they've been connected to a lot of different names, um, but I think that is going to be one of their priorities for the rest of the winter. And we'll see what David Stearns does, but, um, one thing he, there was two things that he really wanted to do this off season. One address the starting rotation and two work on the defense specifically up the middle defense. And they've accomplished both. And it was a huge weakness for, for, for them for the most part. And, uh, yeah, he accomplished it. And now it's time to upgrade the rest of the roster. And I don't, I don't anticipate them though, spending, uh, big money. Um, I, I just don't, I don't think that's going to be in the cards anymore. Ethan Fisher, you're wondering about the pirates and, and Shamanaya. Um, that was definitely a player of interest for the pirates. I will give you that much, but they were never close. Well, we need to, uh, at some point we got to get some pirates moves because we need to make our discord pirates members happy, but, uh, the pirates have to provide that. We can't just provide erroneous rumors. We're only going to give you the straight dope when it's real. So, Hopefully the Pirates front office wakes up. Hopefully Pirates Fest was a fine experience for everyone who attended. Uh, hopefully Cubs Fest is similar next week in the Cubs convention. Hopefully nobody uh, you know throws anything at Hibernation Hoyer while he's on stage addressing the masses. We appreciate everybody showing up today. As always, I would recommend heading to desktop to join the channel and join the Discord. It should be on the YouTube mobile app as well on our channel and right below the video that you are viewing live. But I tell you what, I don't see it on mine, so maybe it's not. Uh, you might have to set a reminder for yourself to join on desktop later. Uh, but we really appreciate everyone who has joined. We've got a few names in during this video, of course. Hopefully we'll get a few more afterward. Remember to comment on the video to let us know that you're interested in joining, becoming a YouTube member, and joining the Discord. Our producers will get you hooked up. Um, Thanks again to DraftKings as well. That sponsorship info is in the description. Most importantly, thanks to Robert Murray, without whom this would not be a show. Robert, thank you as always for dropping by with as much info as you're able to provide. No, I appreciate you guys being here as always. Adam, I appreciate you being here. Sean Daly is producing the show. We appreciate you. See everyone, what, Thursday, Adam? Yeah, we'll see everybody back here on Thursday. Join us in the Discord. In the meantime, if not, we'll be live on this channel, 3.30 Eastern time, Thursday with an all-new show. For Robert Murray, I am Adam Weinrib. Take care, everybody. Thank you, everybody.